morning church thank you very much let me start by appreciating the senior pastor of the Daystar Christian Center Pastor Kingsley Okonkwa And of course, I want to appreciate the resident pastor, Pastor Iwobe, and his team for the awesome work they are doing in this branch. Can we give Pastor Iwobe a round of applause, please? Let us pray. In Jesus' name. Father, Lord, I thank you. Father, I worship you. Father, I exalt and I glorify your holy name. Father, this morning I stand before you in all humility. Father, on my own I have done nothing. You alone have made this possible. Father, today use me to bless your people. Let every word that comes forth from my mouth be according to your will. For I take none of the glory. All glory, all honor, all adoration be unto you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please sit down. My name is Gabriel Obechie. I'm the group managing director of Rain Oil Limited. Rain Oil Limited is a company that plays in the downstream space of the Nigeria oil and gas industry. It's a company I've run now for 25 years. And it's an industry I have been for the last 30 years. I tell people that since 1992, which is 30 years ago, all I have done is sell petroleum products. So it's an industry I think I know very well. It's a company which, by the grace of God, I say I started from very, very humble beginning. Very, very humble beginning. Essentially, from ground zero. But today, 25 years afterwards... We've grown it to be one of the very, 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 very significant downstream oil and gas companies in Nigeria today. We own three tank farms in this country. We have a 50 million liter capacity petroleum storage depot in Ijegu in Lagos. We own yet another 50 million liter capacity petroleum storage depot in Ogara in Delta State. We own yet another 50 million liter capacity petroleum storage depot in Calabar and Cross River State. We have today more than 150 petrol stations spread across the country, a fleet of more than 250 trucks with which you distribute petroleum products across the country. 
and actually provide direct employment to more than 2,000 people in this country. Uh, that is the platform on which I stand before you this morning. This morning, as part of your breakthrough month, I know the church has dedicated this month for breakthrough. This morning, we will be taking it a bit further by talking today on a topic I have christened, lessons in building and running a profitable business. What are the lessons in building and running a profitable business? And I will look at this topic today essentially from three broad outlines. The first is to look at our current business climate in Nigeria. Then we'll look at how do you start a business? Three, running a business in a profitable way. How do you run a profitable business? Current economic climate. I will draw a comparison between the last 12 years. 12 years ago and today, 2010, Nigeria had a population of 158 million people. Today, our population is trending 216 million and counting. Our GDP 12 years ago was about $363 billion. Today, it's about $458 billion. Inflation 12 years ago was about 13%. Today, inflation is 19.6% and counting. Unemployment 12 years ago, 21%. Today, 35% of Nigerians are unemployed. It means one out of every three Nigerians who desire a job do not have a job. And this does not even take into consideration those who I consider to be underemployed. People who have taken jobs that are far below what their qualification or what their skill set actually should be. Foreign direct uh, investment 12 years ago was about $6 billion every year. Today, it's only about $698 million. So, I mean, it tells you the kind of uh, loss of confidence that we've now suffered in the economy. Exchange rate 12 years ago, about 122 naira to the dollar. Today, it's about 680 to the dollar and counting. Our foreign reserve has taken just a very marginal increase, 35 billion 12 years ago, 39 billion today. Our total debt, 12 years ago, 35 billion dollars. Today, our total debt is 92 billion dollars. I just want to... I just want to digress. Um, I just want to digress. A few, a few weeks ago, the finance minister was making a speech, and she said that our total earnings today in this country is not enough just to service our debt. Now, let me bring it closer home. Just imagine that you're owing a hundred million naira. You're owing a hundred million naira, and you have to pay one million naira. Okay, you have to pay ten million naira every year just to pay interest, not to touch the, the the principal. You have to pay ten million naira every year. Meanwhile, your total income in a year 
is 5 million naira, which includes what you will use to feed, pay your children's school fees, pay rent. It's 5 million. So even if you carry the entire 5 million, it can't even service, it can't even pay the interest on the loan. Now, that is the kind of situation we find ourselves today. Now, why do people start businesses? Number one, people start businesses because they want to be their own bosses. A lot of people just don't like to take instructions. I want to be my own man. I want to report to myself. So that's a key motivation for starting business. Number two is the economy. At times, the economy trusts unemployment on people. I remember during the banking consolidation, when Soludo came, I think it was in 2004, and said banks needed to consolidate. Post that consolidation, people who were general managers, executive directors, even managing directors in banks, woke up one day and they were out of jobs. So they had no choice but to carry their briefcase and hit the street to start their own thing. Number three is financial independence. People start businesses because they want to be financially independent. They want to take control of what their earnings will be. You know, I will tell you something. When you are in paid employment, your salary is a finite sum. It's a known sum. When you are running your own business, your income is unbounded. Your income goes from zero to infinity. When you are in paid employment, it's what my Igbo brothers call eguaguono. Do you know what it is? Money that is counted. It doesn't matter whether you're the MD of Shell or MD of Chevron and they pay you 240 million naira per annum. 240 million naira per annum. Do we all agree it's a lot of money? It's a lot of money, right? But it's 20 million naira a month. The day they pay you 20 million and 50 naira, they say you have been overpaid. Am I correct? No, the guy was overpaid. Can you deduct that 50 naira? Because they overpaid him. But when you run your own business, boy, your income can go from zero to 200 billion. And it's never too much. When you make 200 billion this year, the next year, how much do you want to make? You want to make 400 billion. The money is never too much. So if you want to be financially independent, run your own business. Then there is freedom from eight to six work style. Some people just don't like to wake up and be in a place at eight o'clock. They want to be there. They want to take. They want to take responsibility for their own timing. Then, of course, there is passion. Some people start businesses because they want to follow their passion. There is this lady. I love her story so much, Mrs. Kemi Sampson. The lady who founded Swiss Sensation. This is a chartered accountant working in an oil service company, doing very well. And she woke up and said, no, I love to cook. I love the food business. So she left that job and started Swiss Sensation from a gatehouse. And today, Swiss Sensation is one of the biggest um, fast food or quick service restaurants 
in the country. How do you raise capital for business? How do you raise capital for business? Number one is personal savings. What do I call it? Number one is personal savings. You know, God in his creation, God in his wisdom, if you look at the fruits God created, look at the mango fruit, for example, the cashew fruit, you take a mango fruit, ripe sweet mango, you eat it and you enjoy it. You get to a point, what do you see inside? Do you eat the seed? What are you supposed to do with the seed? You plant it so that when it, when it germinates, it gives you not now a mango fruit, but a mango tree that gives you fruit in perpetuity. Whether you consciously plant that mango seed or you just throw it away and it lands somewhere and abides there and it germinates, it gives you not just a mango seed, a mango fruit now, but a mango tree. God, in his wisdom, ensured that we don't eat our fruit and our seed. Too many people are eating their fruit and their seed. I will give you an example. You know, money is never enough. Money is never enough. What's the difference between somebody who earns 100,000 naira and somebody who earns 80,000 naira? What's the difference? It's 20,000. But why is it that the person who earns 100,000 naira at the end of the month is broke? The person who earns 80,000 naira at the end of the month is also broke, but is not dead. Both of them are broke. If the person who earns 80,000 naira is broke, how come the person who earns 100,000 naira cannot save 20,000 naira? Why? You know why? It's consumption pattern. It's consumption. You know, my friend there is wearing that shirt. I love that shirt. The black stripe shirt. They call it YSL. It's 30,000. This other guy is wearing his T-shirt. I love that T-shirt. It's 40,000. What's the difference? They're all shirts. A lady is carrying a bag. They give it one fancy name. They say it's 200,000. Another one is carrying another bag. They give it another swanky name. They say it's 250,000. What's the difference? They're all bags. You must learn to control money and save. Another one is loans. You can start business with loan, but mark my word, the best way to start business, you know, Capital, another word for capital is owner's equity. You start business with equity. As the business grows, you can begin to introduce loan to expand the business. A lot of people say banks don't give loan. You have no idea. Banks chase you to take loan if you have a good business. My prayer is that you get to that point where banks chase you with billions of naira. You look them in the face and say, I don't need it. Of course, you can raise capital through investors. If you have a great idea, sell it to investors. The, good, the only thing is, when you sell to investors, you have to give up shares. 
you give up shares and they own that business in perpetuity. When you look at the Dangote story, Dangote will tell you that he started his business with 500,000 500, naira, if you've read the Dangote story. So just imagine if somebody brought in 50,000 then and took 10% shares in Dangote. Today, Dangote is worth tens of billions of naira. So imagine what 10% of that would have amounted to. Then you can raise money from financial institutions, and then finally, you can raise money from friends and families. When you have a great business idea, who is the first person you sell it to? It's your spouse. If your spouse does not key into your business idea, then know that you have a very long way to go. Then you sell it to friends and families. Now, running a business in a profitable how do you run a profitable business? The key requirements for success, number one, is knowledge. Number one is what? I tell people the most important thing you need in any business you want to do is knowledge. The most important thing you need in any business you want to do, is knowledge. A lot of people say, no, it's capital. You see people chasing capital. I say, no. What you need is knowledge. When you put knowledge in front, and capital is trailing knowledge, what tends to happen is that your knowledge acts as a protective shield over the capital. When you put capital in front and knowledge is trailing capital, what tends to happen is that you tend to lose the capital to acquire the knowledge. And that's when we say you have learned the hard way. May not be a portion to learn the hard way. I went into the oil business because I had worked for another downstream oil and gas company for five years. I understood the ropes. I knew the secrets of the trade. I knew that if only I can raise my, uh, if only I can set my hands on that magical capital that I needed, that I knew what to do. But don't forget that I have spent five years doing the downstream business. You know, Let's look at Lagos. I drove down from the island this morning. And just look around you. There are cars everywhere. There are properties everywhere. Everywhere is developed. Listen. The guy who is into oil and gas is making money. The guy who is into electronics is making money. The guy who is into properties is making money. The guy who is into fashion is making money. The Bible says, Whatsoever you lay your hand shall prosper. Am I correct? whatsoever you lay your hand shall prosper. But what I add to that is lay your hand on what you understand. What do you understand? That's why people do apprentice. It's not for a joke. People, you learn a trade and then you go into it. I see people, you know, every day people come to me with all kinds of swanky ideas. I just listen to them and say, guy, you're going to lose this money. You put this money here, you will lose it. So, lay your hand on what you understand. Chase, chase knowledge. 
Proverbs 16, 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Get wisdom rather than getting gold. Number two is financial discipline. Financial discipline. You must have the right mindset about money. Identify and eliminate, redeploy unnecessary cost heads. Monitor your cash flow and then retain earnings is one of the best ways of growing your business. Financial discipline. If you want to be a successful businessman, boy, you must be able to see money and keep your cool. Money for me is just a number. It's just a figure. It's just a figure. It means nothing. There is no amount of money I will see that will make me buy something I did not plan to buy. It's not possible. It doesn't change anything. It's just a figure. Listen. For the entrepreneur, money is for production. For the employee, with all due respect to those of you who are in paid employment, money is for consumption. The person who is in paid employment, you know, sorry, don't get me wrong. You get your salary, pay rent, pay this, pay this, a little savings there. The businessman is always thinking of the next project, correct? Let me ask you a hypothetical question. Just imagine that you're into property business. You're developing an estate somewhere in Festac, yeah, or in Amu or Dauphin. You've got the land. Your QS have costed it. It's going to cost you 800 million naira to develop. And then you go to the bank, hey, give me my balance there. And then they scribble it on a piece of paper for you and give it to you. There's 200 million naira there. You're doing a project of 800 million. And then they tell you you have 200 million naira. Do you have money? No, seriously. Do you have money? Answer me. You have money. Do you have money? Guy. You're doing a project of 800 million naira. They tell you you have 200 million naira. You are so broke, you have no idea. The guy is broke to the tune of 600 million naira. So when you are telling him you need money, he should give you money. He's not seeing 200 million naira. What he's seeing is the 600 million naira that he does not have. It's a mindset. And you know the funny thing? Somehow, he will manage to do that project, sell it, make some money. Maybe it's 200 million and that becomes 400 million. Before you tell him he has money, he has started on that project. Now it's a 2 billion naira project. He's always thinking of the next thing to do. But the fact is that a time comes when the rate at which he makes money becomes higher than the rate at which he's spending money. That is when he knows that he has arrived. It's a mindset. You must have the right mindset about money. Keep your earnings in the business. Tony Montana in this movie, Scarface, for those of you who were in my generation and never watched that movie, how many of you ever watched that movie, Scarface? Tony Montana says, don't get high on your own supply." 
Don't get high on your own supplies. As you make money, keep your earnings in the business. The best way to grow any business is through retained earnings. You know, the Bible says one we chase a thousand and two we chase what? Ten thousand is the power of multiplication. You know, especially in this climb where interest rates hover now around 17%. And when they say 17%, don't forget, interest rate is compound interest. And then the actual cost of, when you look at all the flat charges, a perfection charge, this one charge, that one charge, effective interest rate is actually more than 20%. So what it means is, if you borrow money at 20% or more, that money will double in four years. Because it's actually compound interest. What a lot of people don't know is that that interest rate is compounded. You pay interest on interest. Am I correct? So you have to be very, very wary of borrowed funds. A lot of people wake up one day and they, maybe they borrowed 50 million. Suddenly they say they are owing 200 million. They say, how? No, there's no how. Keep your eye on that ball. Keep your eye on the ball. So the best way to grow any business is to retain any. As you're making money, keep the money in the business. Keep the money in the business and use, your, use that money to keep growing the business. Because like I always say, turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is king. Turnover is vanity. Oh, I run a big business. My turnover is one billion naira. But I make a loss of 50 million naira. The other guy comes, my turnover is 100 million. But I make a profit of 30 million. Who's, who's, who's running a better business? It's the second person. You are only in business when your income exceeds your expenditure. If your income does not exceed your expenditure, you've just created activity. You're just busy. You're not doing business. You must keep an eye on the bottom line. You know why? Who can tell me? Who does your turnover excite? Who knows? Who does your turnover excite? It's the banks. It's the banks who are excited about your turnover. Your turnover is 10 billion. Then they collect their account maintenance charge. You know, it used to be COT. Then when we complained that why are we paying COT, they say, okay, they've scrapped COT and then came back with account maintenance charge. What's the difference? Who is a banker here? Oh, raise your hand. Show yourself. Show yourself if you are a banker. You know, bankers, they came, they say COT, we complained. After so much complaint, they scrapped COT and came with account maintenance charge. It's all one and the same. It's one and the same thing. But in point, the important thing is that the account maintenance charge or the COT is a function of your turnover. So your turnover excites them. What should excite you is your bottom line. How much profit are you making? Are you making money? 
Profit is sanity. Then cash is king. Cash is king because you must protect your liquidity. What did I call it? Liquidity. You know, accountants are funny people. When you buy something, you buy something for 10 million and then invoice it to a company for 12 million. Once you invoice, they say you've made a sale, correct? So, and how much profit have you made? Two million, correct? But that two million is a book entry. Suddenly you have a 50,000 naira obligation to meet. There's no cash because you've not collected your money. So you must protect your cash, protect your liquidity. Very, very important. As much as possible, as much as possible. Avoid credit sales. As much as, I'm not saying don't do credit sales. I say as much as possible. Because, let me digress. Um, let me digress. I need to be conscious of your time. I've been looking for it. You know, let me digress. Uh, when they give you this thing they call LPO to supply. It's LPO, right? It's LP- I'm holding an LPO. And I'm going to make 10 million naira profit. It's an LPO, right? Then what am I actually holding? What am I actually holding? It's a piece of paper. You call it an LPO, I call it a piece of paper. It's the integrity that we bring into that piece of paper that actually makes it what? An LPO. So be very, very careful on what you call an LPO. Now, um, time is not, definitely not my friend at this time. Uh, number three, the right staff mix and skill set. What should be done? What are the job roles? Who should do it? What kind of qualifications should they uh, have? How many people should do it? The most important thing you need in every organization is the staff. Every organization is just as good as the quality of manpower they have. Never you mess with the quality of manpower. What makes an organization, it's not the machines, it's not the equipment, it's not the, it's nothing. Without the human beings, all that come to naught. I never mess when it comes to recruitment. I try to go for the best. The best I can afford. I can talk so much about that. I'm not saying don't employ your siblings, your relations and this, but don't crowd the place with incompetence just for primordial reasons. It won't get you far. If you want to go very far, please look out for the best. I won't have so much on that because time at this point is not my friend. Be, de- be decisive. Avoid what I call analysis paralysis. There will never be a perfect moment. Be proactive and go after what you want. If you are 100% certain, then it's likely, most likely, too late. Avoid analysis paralysis. My people say, if you look too much inside a hole, you will see a snake. If you overanalyze, you will see what will make you not do it. Get on with it. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Guy, you want to go to the island? Hit the road and go. 
Don't tell me, ah, traffic is too much. It is raining. The sun is too much. Do you want to go to the island, pastor? Enter road and go. It's where somebody is going that he faces. Be decisive. Number five, adapt or die. You can't do the same things repeatedly. Step out of your comfort zone. Assess and adjust the business direction in response to a changing environment. You know, in my early days, in my early days in this business, I was driving, that was around year 2000. I was driving on Obakran in Ikeja then. We used to bring in what we call LPFO, a lot of it from Kaduna. LPFO, low power oil, otherwise called black oil, was our mainstay. I was driving on a background one day and I saw pipes on the road. They had dug up trenches and put pipes. And I asked my guy, what are those pipes for? He saw a guy, they are laying gas to where? To the industries, to Guinness and Co. I said, what's the gas for? He said, they're going to use it to fire their boiler. Ah, it's boilers that buy our LPFO. I got to the office, I called my guys. I said, come, LPFO is an endangered species. We need to start moving away from this business. In our early days, LPFO accounted for like 60% of our business. In the last eight years, we've not sold one liter of LPFO, even though the business has grown multiple folds because we adapted and moved on. How many of you here have read Who Moved My Cheese? It's a classic book in change management. If you've not read it, please look for that book and read it. It's a classic book in change management. Don't fight change. Don't quarrel with it. Just adapt to it and move on. Because the way we did business 10 years ago is not the way we did business 5 years ago. It's not the way we are doing business today. It's not the way we will do business 10 years from now. It is only those who keep adapting that will survive. It's not those who keep complaining. Boy, how much is dollar today? 6.8 yo. 700 though, whatever it is, it is what it is. Get on with it. We can lament how it was 150 years ago. Can we go back to those years ago? This is where we are today. Get on with it. Don't overlook technology. Don't overlook technology. Stay up to date with emerging trends. Leverage tech-driven marketing channels, e.g. social media. Where are your customers spending their time? Set up shops on those platforms. Where are your customers spending their time? You know, if I go back 20 years ago, the biggest circulating newspapers, Punch, this day... Guardian, Punch will tell you, oh, we are the largest circulating newspaper in Nigeria, our print run, say 100,000 people, 100,000 papers. Oh, a person rate of one to four, so maybe 400,000 people read Punch every day. That's interesting. Nigeria data today, active mobile subscribers are 204 million people. Internet users are 145 million. Social media users are 32.9 million. 
What's the personal rate of punch? How many people see punch every day? How many people are on social media? 32 million people. So which is why today you see all the people who are into fashion, who are into catering, who are, where are they putting their products? They are all in, on Instagram. Because all the people they want to see that product are on Instagram. So leverage technology. Don't fight it. Leverage technology. In, in my business, we have about 150 petrol stations spread across the country. From Lagos to Kano to Kaduna to Gombe to Asaba to Wari to Onicha to Enugu to Lafia. We are all over the country to Makodi. From our office every morning, we can tell you not just what each petrol station have sold. We can tell you what each pump. No, each pump. We can tell you this is what this pump dispensed from the head office in Lagos. Through what? Technology. Leverage technology. Know your customers. It comes down to your target customer. One of the very first questions you need to ask yourself is, who wants what I'm selling? Who will find it useful? Who will love it? If you don't have customers, you are not in business. You are only in business because you have customers. So who are your customers? And how sustainable is that product? 1 Corinthians 9 verse 20, Apostle Paul said, To the Jews I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. To the Jews he became what? A Jew in order to win what? The Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. Though not being myself under the law, that I may win those under the law. Who are your customers? How are you adapting to meet their need? Listen to what Apostle Paul said. Build an effective network. Build an effective network. People buy products from people they know and trust. E.g. referrals. Identify high quality prospective clients or influential introducers in your marketplace, develop and implement a plan to get connected to them. It's not just the size of your network. It's the influence of the people within it that counts. In 1995, I was working for... Another company before I started Rain Oil. I love to play tennis. So on my own, I spent my 28,000 naira then, which was a lot of money, to join a place called Lagos Country Club in Ikeja. So I was a member of Lagos Country Club. I go there to play tennis. One day, the company I was working for imported a whole container load of cornstarch. And as the head of sales and operations, it was my responsibility to sell the entire container load of cornstarch. I've never sold one before. I didn't even know what they were using cornstarch for. But for whatever reason, my company decided to import 
cornstarch. One evening, I finished playing tennis in Lagos Country Club. I played tennis with the planning director of Cadbury, a man called Engineer Chike Mora. God bless his soul. So we finished playing tennis, all sweaty, in shorts. And I said, ah, Oga, I have a container load of cornstarch. I want Cadbury to buy it. The man just picked up the phone and called the purchasing manager of Cadbury and said, Gabriel will come and see you tomorrow. Negotiate and buy the container load of cornstarch. It was an instruction. I went there, lo and behold, I got an LPO for that whole container load. I went back to my office. My MD was shocked. How? We supplied the container load of cornstarch, and then my MD, my own MD, was begging me to take him to Cadbury. I wanted to meet the man. So I went back to the club and begged him that please, my, me and my MD want to come and see him in his office. So he asked us to come. So he gave us an appointment. So on this fateful day, when we got there, from the gates, through the reception, through the waiting, when we entered his office, something struck me. The process, the drama of going through all that, I realized the privilege I had just sitting down one-on-one without drama to negotiate business without protocol. Listen, 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 listen. There are people you spend days trying to see in this Lagos. There are places you can go to now. You will walk up to them without security, without protocol. Invest in your network. How many clubs do you belong to? Let me tell you something. Lagos is a city of 20 million people. But how many people do you really know? Have you ever tried to sit down to count and ask yourself, how many people do you really know? Let's even come closer home. In a church like this, how many people do you know? Everybody knows the pastor. Do you think the pastor knows you? Everybody knows the pastor because the pastor is standing here and everybody is looking up to him. Until you join smaller units, smaller activity groups, that is when you stop being a statistic and start being a person. That is when you move from being um, uh, um, 50 people came for the meeting to being that, what's your name, madam? That NECA was there. Can you tell the difference? Now it's NECA because now we know NECA. NECA was there. Rather than 50 people were there. You need to break it down. Join Ikoi Club. Join. Sorry, let me just let me just add this and bring it closer home. Not too long ago, uh, my son is here. Uh, let me just. You may not know this story, but let me just share this. There's a there's a there's a development we are currently doing somewhere at uh, Lafayette around the Lekki Axis. It's a block of about 48 flats. It's being completed right now. I was playing tennis one evening with a friend of mine who is an architect. He's a, he's a friend. We just play tennis. 
Hey, okay, um, Yemi. Oh, you are an architect. I have this parcel of land, though, in... Uh, what do you think we can do there? I think we can put a block, okay, a block of flower. Okay, can you design something for me? After a game of tennis. He designed it. Okay, go and get the approval. I got the approval. I gave him the job to build. It's a billion naira contract. He's building it. I don't know his house. I don't know his wife. I don't know... The one thing I know is that we play tennis together. Ask yourself, what's your network? Ask your neighbor, what's your network? Ask your neighbor, where do you hang out? As I begin to close, number nine, branch out. What did I call it? Number nine, branch out. In any business you do, in any location you find yourself, it's only a matter of time. Competition will catch up with you. In any business you do, in any location you find yourself, it's only a matter of time competition will catch up with you. Start, up a, start, start a fashion shop on 2nd Avenue in Festac. Be selling clothes and shoes and be doing well. You know, when your customers come to your shop, as they are pricing your, maybe they come to your shop and they see 10 people all milling around buying things. As they are pricing your shoe, they are also calculating how much money you are making. Am I correct? What's your name, madam? Easy. Easy. Have you been to Necker's shop on 2nd Avenue? That lady has cleaned out. Before you know it, eh? Necker. Before you know it, two shops have set up to your left. Three shops have set up. In 2000, in 2000 and, uh, in 2000, uh, I think it was 2007, we went to Asaba. We set up a petrol station. I was in Asaba yesterday. And I went into the petrol station. And I was just smiling. I said, when we started this petrol station, 2000, this patient was doing so well. It was selling like 45,000 liters of fuel in a day. It was the place to be. Boy. But as we were doing well in that location, competition was taking notice. Before we knew it, four stations have opened to the right. Five have opened to the left. Seven have opened. Today, he manages to do maybe 20 or 30% of what he did at his peak. But you know what? We didn't wait there to say this is where God has buttered our bread. As the station was doing well, we had moved on. We've left there, we've gone to Onicha. Onicha is doing well, we've gone to Enugu. Oh, we've gone to Okota. Oh, we've gone to Oshodi. 
So that even though our aggregate share in that particular market had gone down, our global share is doing nothing but going up. Branch out. Then finally, you need staying power. You need staying power. Staying power is what gets you going when nothing seems to be happening. Staying power is what gets you going when nothing seems to be happening. Luke 9 verse 62 says, No one puts his hand on the plow and looks back. It's fit for the kingdom of God. You don't put your hand on the plow and look back. Once you, you see, when you are, when you're running a business or when you're in paid employment and they say you are on 2.4 million naira per annum, that's your salary. What it means is that every month they pay you how much? 200,000. January, 200,000. February, 200,000. March, 200,000. April, 200,000. Businesses don't make money that way. When you see a business and they say you've made a profit of 240 million naira this year, it does not mean you make 20 million naira every month. January, you may make 5 million. February, you may make 50 million. March, you may lose 8 million. The important thing is that at the end of the year, it all comes together. At the end, my boss, God bless his soul, is pastor now. He used to tell me once, he said, see this business, eh? every year you must make money. But you need two months to make that money. It can be January, February. It can be November, December. But those two months will come. Just be patient and wait. That's what, that's what, that's what on the streets, for those of us on the streets, we call it hustle while you wait. While you're waiting, just hustle. Be there. Be patient. Don't say because it didn't work in this month and next month and next month that you want to go back to where you are coming from. No, you need to have staying power. And in closing, it was Steve Jobs who said, I am convinced that about half of what separates successful entrepreneurs from non-successful ones is pure perseverance. My prayer for each and every one of us today is that God will give us that perseverance. God will give us that grace to prosper in whatsoever we do. My prayer for us today is that God will bless the works of our hearts. God will give us the desires of our hearts and is well with each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Thank you very much, everyone.